Greetings, greetings once again to all my enemies and all my friends. It's the Weekly Worldview. I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Welcome back. It's the show where we don't take calls, we don't tolerate sponsors. But we do help focus you on the events of the week through the lens of original thought. And as I've said before, I'm glad to have you here. And and uh, and where to start? Should I start with the good news? Let's start with some good news. Some good news from the culture file. As a new survey over at the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center reports that there are a million fewer people enrolled in college today than there were two years ago. <laughs> a million people fewer in college. Yes. Apparently, a survey of potential students, students, and students who aren't students reveals that students or people who would be students have doubts about the payoff of a degree from higher education. That's right. That's according to Doug Shapiro, the executive director of the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, which sounds like an organization that he just made up. I've never heard of that. Doug, are you serious? Is there really a... Anyway. Anyway, uh, Shapiro says that it's the biggest drop in 50 years, this precipitous drop in enrollments at universities. He cites cost as one reason, because... College has gotten quite expensive, but he says that's not the only reason. There are other reasons, and all of them are quite concerning to the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, if, if indeed he didn't just make that up. This whole story could just be made up. It's from LegalInsurrection.com. Insurrection not being as popular a term as it used to be when you use it... Uh, when you use it as a description for your organization, it can be somewhat problematic anymore. Anyway, um, you know, I'm not so concerned. Let's assume the story is real and that it's not completely made up and fake, which any story at any given time can be these days. And that's what's really concerning, is that any story that you hear could just be totally made up and fake. In, in fact, many stories that you hear are, in fact, totally made up and fake. As we documented uh, this past week on Real Science Radio, on the radio in Denver with my co-host, Fred, or actually I'm his co-host, we documented an 830 million year old organism that could be alive, which is totally fake and made up. And it passes for not only news, but a a as science. Now that's concerning, that what you hear could be fake and made up. But what's not so concerning is this precipitous drop in university enrollments. It's not that concerning because perhaps, perhaps this prolonged period of undeserved adulation of the academic elite is coming to an end. Perhaps. Perhaps all of the literati, 
purveyors of the COVID hysteria's abandonment of all knowledge and reason, perhaps their own abandonment of their own knowledge will leave them in the dustbin of history. The victims of their mistaken assumption that they could actually fool all the people all the time. And it turns out everybody's starting to look at the educated with a little bit of, eh, huh, little suspicion, maybe just a little cockeyed, like, really? You were like, do you remember two years ago when you told us that it was very important to get an education, to have a degree, and how important it was that there we have science, 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 data, data, science. And then you told us to forget everything and just be scared and become communists? Did you really think you could fool all the people all of the time? Was it, was it uh, Abraham Lincoln who said that? I hate to misappropriate a quote, but it seems like it was Abraham Lincoln who said, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Actually, that sounds like Benjamin Franklin. Well, it was one of the, one of the founding fathers or one of our forefathers. Let's put it that way. That was an American forefather who was uh, a lot brighter than the purveyors of the COVID hysteria who perhaps didn't realize that they were dooming their own over-glorified status in society as somebody. And it turns out they're just generally nobody. And more and more people are starting to notice that they're really nobody. And why am I paying you $60,000 a year for you, a nobody, to tell everybody that I'm a somebody? Maybe I'll just get to work and start showing people that I'm a somebody. And let's see how that goes. Forget going to college. Anyway, I don't want to offend those of you in the audience who have a college degree, but I personally never went to college. But I often hire people who did. So I do understand that there's value in doing that for some people. But uh, it's just, it's not necessary for everybody. In fact, it's probably not beneficial for everybody to go to college. I don't hire them because they have it. No, no, it's not just because they have a degree. It's because they have a degree and then they've proven themselves to be of some value. Or they, I give them an opportunity to prove themselves to be of some value. And if they do, then I continue to hire them. If not, then I let them go. So there we have it. Good news, a million fewer people being uh, intellectually bludgeoned by the left in the university system. And that's all good. Uh, that's all well and good. Now, before we go to high school, we've just left college. Before we go back to high school, we're going to get a little bit of lesson, a little bit of a lesson in real world economics. We have a report from our Alaska Bureau reporting that Tesla, that's the company that makes the giant poisonous batteries that are green and clean. They take those giant poisonous batteries and put them into cars and tell everyone it's clean. And then everybody buys them. Well, not everybody, very few. Well, a few. Anyway, Tesla, that company that makes the giant poison batteries, has been removed from the S&P. The S&P 500 removed Tesla. Why? Well, 
Uh, our Alaska Bureau reporter says, of course, it's because Elon Musk is a racist. That's why. And, you know, the S&P, they are the S&P 500. They figure all that out by equating your value and your market cap and your profits. And, and then the racism is in there. And uh, so he says, yeah. He says, I'm confused, Doug. Tesla is the number one producer of electric cars, which will, of course, save the planet. And, of course, wouldn't that save a lot of those minorities which would have been murdered by evil Christian white men and or Tucker Carlson? That's right. Electric cars are going to save all the minorities who Tucker Carlson would have murdered. That makes perfect sense, he said to his Alaska Bureau reporter. Um... He then reports uh, that Tesla stock is down 42% this year. That's right. Tesla stock is plunging. And then this past week, I couldn't help but notice that Elon Musk suddenly does care about the economics of buying Twitter. Now, didn't Elon Musk say he didn't care about the economics? Because let's face it, folks. The offer he made for Twitter had no basis in economic reality. There's no way Twitter's worth whatever billions of dollars he offered. 42, was it 52 billion? Was it 52 trillion? I can't remember. Anyway, there's no way Twitter's worth that kind of money. But Elon said, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it for civilization. For the future of civilization, I don't care about the economics until Elon went out and tried to raise the money so he wouldn't have to come up with it all, all himself. That immediately made me somewhat suspicious. That Elon wasn't willing to liquidate his own fortune, portions of his own fortune, a, a, a significant portion, don't get me wrong. I mean, $42 trillion is a lot even to Elon Musk. Or was it $42 billion? Or was it $42 million? I don't remember. When there's that many zeros involved... How many of us can even relate? But I was under the impression, as were so many of my conservative right-leaning friends, well, maybe not under the impression, but just had the hope that maybe here was a guy who, for whatever reason, really didn't care about the economics and recognized that the end of free speech is the end of civilization, is the end of millions of lives, is a thousand years of darkness. Maybe Elon gets it, and maybe he wants to stop it. Maybe his fortune is less important to him than being the man the historians remember as the one who saved civilization from a thousand years of darkness. Maybe. Maybe he cared. But all of a sudden, now he's demanding a lower price, says Elon, because of all the fake accounts, and this doesn't seem real. This doesn't seem based in economic reality, this price that I've offered, says Elon, and all of a sudden he does care about the economics. And I'll link to an article from April where he said he didn't care, but now he does care. So which is real? Well, what's real is he does care. And what's real is perhaps Elon Musk is not the shining light for civilization and liberty that we might have all hoped. And that hurts. I know it hurts. I had those hopes. It's devastating when uh, 
a political leader, a cultural leader, a potential civilizational leader. It's devastating when he disappoints us. Because people need a man to follow. I know that's not very popular to say because, you know, we're all worship democracy. But actually, human beings are wired to follow a man. That's what we're wired to do. We're wired to follow a strong masculine leader. And that's why God instituted and authorized monarchy and why eventually he sent his son, a man, a strong masculine leader to save the world. People are designed for worship and glory. We're designed to give worship and glory to a strong masculine leader because we're created by God who is a strong masculine leader. And of course, ultimately that means we need God, of course. But here on earth, we also need a man to follow. And it's not, it doesn't mean you're weak to admit that you desire a strong masculine leader. If that doesn't make you weak. That makes you, a, that makes you a rational, reasonable man to understand who you are and what you are and how you're designed. We all want to love and respect our father. We want our father to be the greatest guy ever. And when he's not, it's really disappointing. And I wasn't looking at Elon Musk to be my father figure, but I was disappointed when he started worrying about the money. It hurt. It was very disappointing. Why? Because I want a man to follow. And But by the way, because that's the way we're designed, we will always get a man to follow. And most of the time, the get is going to be like getting a disease or getting sick. But rarely and, you know... Uh, refreshingly, once in a while in history, like I would say with George Washington, the get isn't like getting a disease. The get is like uh, getting over. But that's pretty rare. I mean, George Washington comes along what? Once in uh, a thousand years? Once in every couple thousand years? I don't remember before or since, so... But anyway, the get is more often like uh, getting sick or getting a cold or... Or getting the pox. But uh, if you'll listen to what the way you're made and, and look to the ultimate father figure, God, eventually the get will actually be getting over.
you, and I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Thank you very much for tuning in and for staying with us and for all of that. And um, now we're going to go to high school, back to high school. Reason number 1,963 to get or keep your children out of the government schools. One high school in Seattle claims that 80% of its students now identify as LGBTQ+, non-binary, or and transgender. And or transgender? I think, you can, I think it's and or. Because with transgender, I think you can be and or. 80%. Yeah, sure. 8-0. Yes, yes. This is Nova High School in the greater Seattle area. Describes its pedagogical approach... As <clears throat> decentering whiteness, patriarchy, and hetero and cisnormativity. That's the uh, that's the school's official description of its uh, pedagogical approach. Uh, it's if you matriculated in the Seattle government schools or any other government school, you can look up the term pedagogical. It has to do with some of the problems you're having right now. Um, uh, Chris Rufo reports that, uh, so, well, he's the one who gave us this report. I'm sorry. This appeared on his Twitter feed, apparently. And, uh, he posts several of the Nova High School's descriptions of its own self <laughs> or, or its own, um, this is what the administrators and educators at Nova High School in the greater Seattle area, post publicly on the internet for all the world to read about themselves. We deconstruct systems of power and privilege and rebuild ourselves, our school, and our communities with different ways of being by decentering whiteness, patriarchy, hetero, and cisnormativity. We are revisioning education communities as spaces where students' needs are met. Growth is the metric that matters, and behavior is understood as a form of communication. <laughs> Un unquote. <clears throat> so what, what's somewhat disturbing is that administrators and educators feel completely uninhibited in presenting these ideas about themselves with no fear that parents will read this and call the police, which would be normal. In normal times, you'd read this and you'd call the police and you'd say, hey, there's a bunch of child molesters at my child's school. These people need to be arrested. That's what would happen in normal times. But let's assume since we're not in normal times and we've thrown aside all common sense and knowledge that we've accumulated over the past 5,000 years... Now that we're there, <clears throat> let us assume that maybe the parents would look at this and say, gee, maybe this isn't good for Billy and Sally to be going to a school where they decenter whiteness, patriarchy, and heteronormativity, and where they educators are revisioning education. They don't even speak English well. Maybe they shouldn't be teaching Sally and Johnny English. Anyway, um... 
So, but uh, apparently the, the educators and administrators at Nova High School in Seattle have no fear that anyone will have any reaction to this. So they post it online publicly so that Chris Rufo can pull it down and shock people like you and me who still have some connection to reality. But the vast majority of our neighbors are simply falling through time and space and dragging their children through them and pulling them through the government schools where they're being heteronormativity, patriarchify, pedagogified, hetero decentered is what they're getting. So so first of all, I want to say to Christopher Rufo, I've been uh, I've been gathering a lot of reportage from Christopher Rufo over the past few years. And I just want to warn you, Chris, you need to be careful. You need to be careful because you. I, I hope you don't end up corrupted, Mr. Rufo, simply by the act of your looking upon all this filth in order to report on it. So this is the problem with deviancy and corruption is that those who seek to root it out and to expose it to the world have to look at it. And Chris Rufo has been looking at this stuff for several years regularly. And that can have a corrupting influence. I remember once I was working for a news outfit and I was uh, something of a... Uh, I wanted to be a journalist of some sort, I remember. And I got a phone call from a fellow who said he was going to uncover and expose. Uh, so I, I can't remember the details of it, but it was basically he was going to expose how pornographers were targeting children. And as an eager beaver young journalist hopeful i said well wh wh what have you got he said well he said do you have a this i i believe this was before i really understood what email was and i he said yeah i can fax you over some of the evidence and i said okay fax it over gave him the fax number and then he faxed me dozens and dozens and dozens page after page after page of pornographic cartoons that appeared in pornographic magazines and i remember calling the guy and saying hey man what are you doing he said i'm sending you all this evidence i said this isn't evidence this is dirty comics from dirty magazines that you're faxing me over everybody knows about all these anyway it turns out that this fellow in his pursuit of exposing pornographers became corrupted by the pornography himself to the point where he could fax me a bunch of pornography and not realize that he was that he was corrupted anyway i worry about you chris rufo love you like a brother i think what you're doing is important but at some point i think folks the reporting on this deviant perversion it reaches a point of diminishing returns how often do you have to sound the alarm that a bunch of pedophiles and perverts have taken over the government schools until you no longer have to actually look in on it and report the details of it any longer? Because we all know what that is. We all know what that is, and so let's just leave it at that. 
and uh, let's start calling for the uh, the governing officials to do what they should do, which is arrest these people who've taken over the education. They should be arrested for crying out loud. Anyway, the the educators and the administrators at Nova High School in Seattle who post that they are decentering whiteness, patriarchy, and heteronormativity. These people uh, will be led to the killing fields. They'll be led to the killing fields. Or, or it's quite possible that they will lead others to the killing fields. But most likely they'll be led to the killing fields by, uh, by another, another nation, the army probably of another nation, who instead of Instead of uh, decentering heteronormativity, the the nation that leads these uh, whining, miserable, effeminate misfits to the killing fields, they will have chosen a strong masculine leader to follow, and he will uh, direct them to the killing fields. And it won't be to anyone's benefit, because... The same people who are going to lead these quivering faggots to the killing fields, the first thing they're going to do is kill all the Christians and all the conservatives and everyone who uh, has a Bible or an American flag. They're going to kill us first. But then eventually they're going to lead these people out behind the school and shoot them in the back of the head too. Um. And, of course, when they come for the Christians with the Bibles and the flags, they'll have to fight us. These ones, they'll just lead them out there. They'll just walk them out behind the classroom. All right. Now, let's go from there to the last straw file. That's right. I said the last straw. Disney is releasing a line of LGBTQ toys designed for children zero plus. That's right. They've got uh, characters such as Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse emblazoned with a rainbow design and a tag that reads, In Celebration of Pride. That's right. Our commitment to the support of LGBTQ plus communities. <laughs> Printed on Mickey Mouse with the rainbow colors and the... All right. So... Somebody needs to be arrested because you're, you're, you, and it says on the tag intended for children zero plus. Now, I'm not sure what that means, children zero plus. Does that mean unborn children are included as children? Because zero would mean that you're not even born yet. Is Disney accidentally recognizing the unborn as human beings? Well, no, they're not. They just want to let you know they want to get to the kids as early as possible. Even at zero. So here we have Disney, who, who I have been exposing as a pile of deviant perverts since at least 2010. That's just the last time I, that's the first time I can find on the public airwaves uh, me uh, uh, decrying Disney as a pile of deviant perverts. But anyway, the, the, the website where I got this story, 
And by the way, this story isn't this is not uh, up for debate. Is it possible that uh, that Disney has a bunch of toys oriented toward uh, sodomizing children? That's not up for debate. The toys are being released into stores as we speak. We can't get baby formula, but we can get homosexualized toys for the kiddos. So if you can somehow get your kid past the point where they need formula, Disney's ready to sodomize their mind. So, you know, as Americans, we've got that going for us. Uh, by the way, just, uh, just in case you were wondering about Disney, if you were planning that vacation to Disneyland, and if you were planning to take the kids, maybe... Uh, first of all, uh, maybe somebody needs to slap you upside your head and find out what's going on with you. Excuse me, you're going where? With who? Hmm, I don't think so. At least not me and my house. We won't be going. No, we're not going to join you on that Disney vacation. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, so uh, 100% Fed Up is where I got this story. And they report that since 2006... 35 Disney employees have been arrested and charged with uh, with uh, raping or trying to rape children, not to put too fine a point on it. But hey, I'm sure those numbers are commiserate with every other company out there. Every company has, you know, a few dozen employees that are arrested for, you know, I'm uh, sure that happened over at Cisco. And uh, oh, actually, no, it didn't happen over at Cisco. General Motors, they had... Oh, nope, not at General Motors. General Electric, you know, they had a... Well, their MDC department. Well, let's not get into that, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, let's leave all of this aside, because if we look too close at the things that so many of us hold dear, you know, like Disney and Mickey and Minnie, it might just prove to be the last straw. And I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Now, there's a group of fellas that let you know exactly where they stood. Unlike Disney, who try to dress themselves up as uh, good for the kiddos, the, uh, the boys over at ACDC always pretty much let you know exactly where they were coming from. Now, little did they know that they were writing a song that would later be used, ironically... Uh, to uh, to announce the passage of the forces of darkness into their everlasting reward. Like the folks at Disney who are on their way along the broad highway, and you know where it leads. I don't have to go any further. Now, let's get to 
<clears throat> All right, we've covered Elon Musk. So let's get to Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. <laughs> Bill Maher, who is, uh, he? well, I don't know if we want to call him conservative. He's, <laughs> he's definitely become a favorite of the MAGA crowd. Because for some reason, there's a significant population of the conservative community that still harbors some deep-seated psychological attraction to the adulation from the left. They simply think that if, they can, if the left says something nice about them, they must be good. And so when Bill Maher says something that sort of agrees with what the MAGA crowd says, they say, see, we're not so bad, Bill Maher even said. So Bill Maher this past week said that the homos and the trannies, well, I think the trannies is what he was talking about. He said the trannies are basically experimenting on children, what with their uh, hormone blockers and the surgical alterations and all of that. So Bill Maher says that this whole tranny ethos and this tranny hysteria, this tranny mania is basically experimenting on children and people with their MAGA hats somehow derive some sense of self-satisfaction and gratification and self-esteem maybe from the fact that, hey, Bill Maher said something that I can agree with. Who cares what Bill Maher says? How could I possibly care what that deviant pervert says? All right. So do you not remember, people, that it's the unrestrained, publicly broadcast lust and perversion of people like Bill Maher that were the original Frankenstein monster that have produced the tranny mania? And by the way, it wasn't just Bill Maher. I also am going to put Greg Gutfeld in that same, uh, in that same, on that same level. Greg Gutfeld and Bill Maher were allowed to publicly broadcast and publish unrestrained lust and sexual perversion, and because of that, what they've been doing, Greg Gutfeld and Bill Maher, for the better part of the last thirty years, because of that, we now come to a place where a, a mania surrounding transgenderism can actually gain some currency in the media and in the minds of the public. It's your fault, Bill. You are part of the problem, and you too, Gutfeld. Yeah, I know a lot of you people think Greg Gutfeld's a conservative on Fox News. I remember when he wrote for a dirty magazine 20 years ago. I know where Greg Gutfeld comes from. The lowest form of filth is where he comes from. And now he knows where his bread is buttered, right? And so he get, pays some lip service to the idea of some sort of normal civilization. But that's not where Gutfeld comes from. He comes from under the same rock as Bill Maher. And neither one of them, neither one of them deserve to have uh, a place at the table of civilized humanity and how we carry on with this thing that we call civilization. Neither one of them deserve to be at the table. So get out of here, Bill Maher. I don't care what you think. 
In fact, if you agree with me, I start questioning myself. All right. So now, speaking of questioning ourselves, we go to monkeypox. That's right. Now, monkeypox, they're trying to make monkeypox the big news. I don't know if it'll work, but I remember sitting right behind this microphone saying they're trying to make this coronavirus into something. <laughs> I think that's going to be their next thing. I remember, I remember naively thinking this is the next thing after the, uh, the impeachment thing. And that it's just going to be a, a news thing that newsy people pay attention to. I didn't realize what was about to occur. I was taken by surprise, I must say. And so now we come to the monkeypox. And uh, I think I'm going to respond the same way I did in the face of the news of the emerging coronavirus. Uh, first of all, I will say that I'm convinced it's not nearly as bad as they're going to say it is, number one. Number two, I think they're going to try to use it to take away our God-given rights and further their godless, evil desires for governance, which is what I thought about the coronavirus. And uh, that's what I think if this monkey pox, if they're able to actually pull this over on people again, which I'm simply not going to dismiss the idea that they can fool the people, uh, all the people all the time again for a little while. God, now you can fool all the people, but not all the time, I thought. Uh, anyway, so you heard, hopefully, er, earlier in the broadcast, I was hoping that this idea that they could fool all the people all the time was going to turn, turn around back and bite them, those of them in the academia and all of that. But perhaps the monkeypox is, uh, well, it'll prove me right or wrong, actually. It'll prove the whole... The whole paradigm of fooling all the people all the time being impossible will prove whether or not that's still a paradigm at all. So, uh, I don't think it's a pleasant disease, by the way. I just want to be on record as saying, I don't think monkeypox is pleasant. Okay, I think it's bad, and I'm against it. I'm not for it, okay? Um, let's see. Uh, I just also want to say that despite monkeypox or coronavirus or the fact that I might get sick and die or the fact that you might get sick and die, the fact that I think it's better to live free or die does not mean that I don't care if you get sick and die. I do care. It would bother me if you get sick and die. But I still say it's more important to live free or die than to give up my freedom because I'm worried about you getting sick and dying. Or, or even worse, if I'm worried about me getting sick and dying. That's even more... That's even more uh, uh, self-centered and selfish. If I'm so worried about myself getting sick and dying that I'm willing to sacrifice not only my freedom but yours, that's like the worst. Please. It's embarrassing. Anyway, for those of you who are frightened about the monkeypox, let me just say please shut up and allow those of us who are not to try to help you. I, I tried saying this at the beginning of the coronavirus thing, but nobody listened to me. But now maybe because the coronavirus thing has happened and we've all been through that. And we realize that despite the fact that, yes, people got sick and yes, people died. And yes, it was sad that we are not going to surrender and sacrifice, not sacrifice, that's the... We're not going to surrender and abandon the freedom that other men better than us died to protect. We're just not going to sacrifice that because we're afraid of the monkeypox. But maybe, maybe, well, we're not. I mean, maybe you are, maybe others are, but we're not. Let's all agree that we're not. Okay. And by the way, did I say that I'm against monkeypox? 
I'm against it. I don't want it. I don't want you to have it. Anyway, it turns out, um, if you're not, <clears throat> well, let's just go to the widespread file. That's right, widespread. Mon the monkey packs, the monkey pox, let me get this right, because they'll change the name of it in a few weeks. It won't be monkey pox anymore. <laughs> the, monkey the monkey pox outbreak has led to a mandatory quarantine in Belgium. Belgium, that's right. Why? Well, apparently, there was a pile of approximately 80,000 faggots who got together for a giant faggot festival. It was a huge pile. About 80,000 homosexuals and other types of deviants got together for, uh, what do they call this festival? They call it the Gran Canaria Pride Festival. That happened in Belgium. And after that, a whole bunch of people got monkeypox. Imagine that. A pile of 80,000 perverts and you end up with a communicable disease, an outbreak. So anyway, over there in Belgium, in light of the outbreak following the pileup at the Grand Canaria Pride Festival, the, uh, the government in Belgium says those infected with the monkeypox virus must remain in isolation for 21 days. Okay, you know what? I find that inherently reasonable. If you have a communicable disease, you should isolate until that has passed. That makes sense. It's called quarantining the sick. That's what we used to do. Now, in the meantime, according to BeckerNews.com, where I downloaded the story, in the meantime, virologist Mark Van Ronst wants to investigate whether the virus can spread airborne. <gasps> oh, no. Look out. Look out. We may have an aerosol bloodborne pathogen for the first time in all of human history. That's right. A bloodborne pathogen passed aerosol. It could happen, folks. I mean, come on. We've forgotten all about the cold virus and everything we ever knew about the cold virus. So maybe now we need to forget everything we ever knew about bloodborne pathogen transmission because, you know, you just never can tell when a contagion is suddenly going to violate all of the established norms and become like an extraterrestrial monster appearing in our, in our own little real-life World War II movie. She's got the Worldview. I am uh, the host, uh, Doug McBurney. I'm the host of the Weekly Worldview. And so he's got it. She's got it. They've all got it. They were all piled up there in Belgium. And shock of all shocks, it's a pride festival involving 80,000 deviant perverts may have been a vector for the pox. That's a shocker. Welcome back to traditional... Uh, uh, what a, a, a traditional epidemiology, where it's completely predictable that... Uh, uh, but anyway, what's not completely predictable is what they're about to say about the monkeypox. I personally hold out hope 
that they will not be able to bamboozle the vast majority of the, the horrified and the terrified and the weak and the spineless and the self-absorbed just anyway. I, I hope they can't, but I, I, I don't know anymore. Anyway, over in France from the widespread propaganda file, uh, face masks are no longer required according to uh, French authorities. They will no longer be mandatory on public transport and in taxis. That's right. The health minister, Olivier Véran, has condescended to remove the mandatory face coverings when you're on public transport or a taxi or pretty much anywhere else in France. And so we have an interview with a 26-year-old Parisian named Jacquela. And Jacquela says, I feel free. <laughs> she feels free. That's right. Because why? Because uh, according to Breitbart, France began easing rules. Now listen to this. This is what bothers me about the modern news and why I don't know what's real or trustworthy anymore. I'm The only written word that I trust anymore is the Bible. Outside of that, just color me suspicious, okay? The Breitbart reports France began easing rules after winter after a winter surge in cases. So Breitbart toes the propaganda line. Yeah, it's not so it's not straight up propaganda, it's just like propaganda, which I'm gonna call propaganda. Because propaganda-like doesn't roll off the tongue, and it's too many syllables for most Americans. So, Something that sounds like all of the other propaganda, I'm just going to call it propaganda, And that's the way this strikes me. Because, hey, Breitbart, you should know better. France didn't have restrictions and rules because of a surge in cases. They had restrictions and, a, and rules because they've degenerated into Marxist tyrants. That's, I thought we had all agreed on that. But no, you're going to toe the line and say that, well, they've eased restrictions after that winter surge in cases has started to decrease, as if there's some sort of scientific rationale for what they're doing, and there is not. Because the rules and the restrictions are not driven by public health concerns at all. That's not what they're driven by. That's a lie. They're driven by an insatiable lust for power by Marxist atheist tyrants. Anyway, uh, Health Minister Olivier there in France cautioned that the pandemic is not over, by the way. The masks remain highly recommended for all of you who feel free. I think wearing the mask is necessary to still feel safe said one other Parisian being interviewed. An engineer, by the way. An engineer! So someone with a college degree in engineering, which we used to think was a real science, says, I think wearing the mask is still necessary just to be safe, at least for my friends and my family. An engineer who thinks wearing masks. Okay. Um... Uh, let's see, masks as well as a health pass proving COVID vaccination are still required at the hospital where our most educated class 
who know the most about infectious disease and being safe and health. And that's all still required there because everyone at the hospital has been required to forget everything they ever knew, and they've all decided to go along and do it so that they can continue working at the hospital where they're going to teach people how to what? Nothing anymore. Well, whatever. In fact, since they've been required to forget everything they, they've ever known about help, helping people be healthy, they will soon be required at the hospital to enforce the killing of people. And in order to keep working at the hospital, they're going to go ahead and go along and do it. I know you think that sounds crazy, right? The people at the hospital, they're never going to be trained to kill people. That's crazy. They wouldn't go along with that. That's never happened before. All right. Anyway, the, the, uh, the Breitbart reporter, by the way, the Breitbart is considered to be a right-wing alternative news source based in something still resembling reality. That's At least that's the way I've looked at Breitbart. I know that the people on the left, the leftists over at MSNBC, the froth-at-the-mouth leftists, they think Breitbart is a bunch of right-wing religious fanatics. Okay, so that tells me Breitbart must still have some connection to reality. But the Breitbart reporter concludes the article by saying, the pandemic appears under control in France for now. What? Huh? What? Okay. <laughs> so the, the reporter, I'm not going to go on about it, okay? I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I, I can't take it anymore. It's unbelievable. It's shocking and indescribable, the, the level of, of disconnect from reality being not only experienced, but then being projected upon all the rest of us and how many of the rest of us are going along with it. I can't take it anymore. It's driving me insane. I don't know where to turn. That's why I'll stick with the Bible because they're not going to start changing those definitions online as I, as I move forward. Now, from the widespread conquest file, China's protracted lockdowns, according to the Epic Times, are threatening... The economy of the world, prolonged lockdowns in China, a global shortage now uh, is happening in chemical chemicals used in medical imaging. That's right. The dyes that the hospitals use so that our internal organs and vessels can be picked up by CT scans and X-rays and other forms of radiography. Those dyes are all from China and China's locked down and now we can't get them. And that's, led, uh, that, that's uh, due to the closure of General Electric's healthcare unit in Shanghai. So because General Electric's slaves in China can't produce the dyes used in General Electric's imaging machines, now we can't. And so this is all, this is all uh, a, a bad feedback loop has started. And it's only going to get amplified and get worse. As we move forward, um, the Epic Times, by the way, is considered by the froth at the mouth leftists to be a bunch of right wing religious fanatics. That's who's reporting this. The Epic Times. Listen to what the Epic Times reporter writes in regards to China's lockdowns. The Epic Times reporter says, quote, as the fast moving Omicron variant spread across the country. Chinese cities imposed restrictions. Unquote. 
Very propagandy, isn't it? So you know what it is. It's because the it's because the intellect of the average millennial was so devastated during their early educational life that even the even the millennial reporters who consider them cons- themselves conservatives over at the Epic Times they don't even realize that they're victims that they're that they're brain damaged. They're brain damaged to the point where they they repeat leftist propaganda without even knowing it. And so those of you over at the Epic Times, those of you over at Breitbart, please check yourselves. I mean, all of us have to compensate for what happened to us in the government schools. Even me, I have to. I have to check myself because I was victimized as well. But uh, you were victimized at, 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 a, at one order of magnitude more significantly than my generation. And so you have to check yourselves. Uh, they go on to say some 41 cities across China are under lockdown. Almost 30% of China's economic output is threatened by this lockdown. At a May 5th meeting, communist, the Communist Party's Politburo... I'm sorry, at a May 5th meeting of the Communist Chinese Party's Politburo, Xi Jinping issued warnings against anyone who criticized questions or distorted the the regime's zero-COVID policy. Xi said at the Congress of the Politburo, We have won the battle to defend Wuhan. We can suddenly win the battle to defend Shanghai. Uh Uh-huh. Unquote. It seems like Chairman Xi over there is, um, well, it's possible that he's falling into the old George Costanza delusion. You know, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. Uh, You know, Xi, it's uh, still a lie, (laughs) even if you believe it. And there's no way that Xi actually believes this, that zero COVID is a rational policy. I, I don't think, although I, I can't get into the guy's head. I don't know. I know that Xi Jinping has an insatiable lust for tyrannical power. And that China, deeply, there, there's, a, there's a deep and long-held resentment against the West for the fact that we allowed Japan to prosper. And because of what Japan did to China about 100 years ago, a lot of you kiddos, you'll have to go look that up. But, but see, these resentments, they can be held over generation to generation. And so Xi Jinping and others in the old guard communist regime in China, they hate the West. And they're willing, it's quite possible that they're willing to sacrifice tens of millions of their own citizens in order to settle a score against the West that they have against the West. And so we need to be careful and we need to be aware that Xi Jinping and the Communist Chinese Party, they, they are not above killing tens of millions of people, manipulating reality in order to settle an old score that they view against the West. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the old communist adage. 
Anyway, uh, you know, in order to make an omelet, Chairman Z is willing to break a few eggs. I mean, over the past two years, the actions of Chairman Xi and the Communist Chinese Party and those who they've infiltrated and manipulated have broken more eggs than have been broken since World War II. And they're, and they're, they're intent on maybe breaking a few more. Anyway, the, uh, the, the Epic Times reports that the economic impact of the latest outbreak is 10 times more severe than early 2020. And so just check yourselves, kiddos, over at, the, over at Epic Times. I love reading your stuff. But it's not the outbreak. It's not the economic impact of the outbreak. It's the tyrannical, hysterical lockdown reaction to what always was a relatively modest outbreak of, of, uh, of a, a, a relatively virulent disease, but not virulent like anyway. Just It's the lockdown. It's the tyranny. It's not the outbreak itself. I have to keep reminding people of that because I don't know why people keep forgetting. Let's see. Do we want to do, okay, the, the, the Ministry of Truth over at the Biden administration, we didn't report on it too much, and it turns out that uh, it's over with, at least for the moment. They had scheduled, a, 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 let's see, they had scheduled hearings. Let's see, Democrats, according to the Free Beacon, abruptly canceled a hearing at which disinformation czar Nina Jankowitz was going to testify. They canceled it for, well, even they were embarrassed at all of that. The hearing had been scheduled since early April. It was planned for mid-May. The committee chairman, Senator Gary Peters, who I never heard of from Michigan, he was going to chair the thing. But he canceled it without any comments. And then uh, uh, requests were made for comments by the Washington Free Beacon and other news sources. And Chairman uh, Gary Peters just didn't respond, just went silent because, well, because he's allowed to do that. And, and I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that people holding office or, or a title are not allowed to simply go silent on matters of import that are brought up to their attention in order like this. Uh, Senator Peters, why have you decided without any comment to cancel the testimony of the new disinformation czar. Everybody's interested in what she has to say. Uh, well, he just doesn't answer. Well, and, and you're not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Or, or at least they weren't allowed in the past. You weren't allowed to simply go silent on a matter of import without losing all credibility. But for some reason, it seems like now that's allowed. You're allowed to simply go silent and, and not lose all of your credibility. Whereas in the past that wasn't true. And that doesn't bode well for the future of civilization. And certainly doesn't bode well for the, the future of our current form of government. But then neither do so many other things. Uh, like reason number 1,964 to get your, or keep your children out of the government schools. The government schools, by the way, are being instigated and inflicted upon us by our current form of government, the government schools are. Well, the National Science Teaching Association, which is a big group of science-y types, 
uh, recently held a seminar called Queer Your Classroom. Uh-huh. Instructing government school teachers, the same teachers I've been warning you about for more than 20 years, the same teachers I've been warning you are a bunch of child molesters and perverts, and you all thought I was crazy. Doug, that's going too far. You're going to insult the good, hardworking teachers out there. You're going to make parents think that the schools are full of child molesters, Doug. That's crazy. Well, they, have a, a, they had a seminar uh, on simple tricks and strategies to affirm queer students. And it was led by a Bronx High School science chemistry teacher. That's right. No, the teachers are, they're not child molesters. There's no child molesters, Doug. That's crazy. Anyway, this, this Jamie Kubiak, which is a science chemistry teacher, instructed teachers that there is a common misconception that gender and sex are the same thing. That's, a, that's right. According to the presentation slides presented by the child molester, a high school teacher, the, uh, uh, and supported by GLSEN, the national advocacy organization that aims to transform K-12 through schools for the LGBTQ students. That's what their, their, state, their stated goal. And that, I believe, the GLSEN, GLSEN they call themselves, because, you know, they like things that glitter and shine. The Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Issued now their Gender Triangle Education Guide. Uh, and, and by the way, they've been criticized by an organization called Parents Defending Education. <laughs> That's right. So now there's a new group of political activists, Parents Defending Education. And so, folks, this is why we're losing the culture war, because our side insists that this is political, when in fact, this is criminal, okay? We should not be starting a 501c3 organization to raise money and awareness against all of this LGBT sexual child molesters. We shouldn't be starting an organization to have a political debate with a bunch of child molesters. We should be demanding arrest and prosecution. And when that doesn't happen, we need to uh, vote out the current sheriff and vote one in who will arrest these insane bastards who want to molest our kids. This isn't a political debate. But apparently, uh, like normal people who should recognize criminal activity have instead adopted... Uh, I, I mean, like the pro-life industry mentality. That's what's taken over. That's it. You know? Um, all, all the common sense, natural defense mechanisms that we had in our minds for uh, to preserve civilization has all been replaced by this new mentality where we don't hold political leaders to... Uh, to a standard, a common standard of, like, upholding the law and pun punishing criminals. Criminals who want to molest our kids need to be arrested and punished. That used to be the standard. But that's been replaced by the pro-life industry standard. Let's create a 501c3 and raise money and raise awareness.
and we'll make an industry out of grandstanding and fundraising as the barbarians sack the realm and molest our children. Is that, is that where we are, America? It seems to me that's where we are. And I don't mean to yell about it, although I do. I mean, I guess I do mean to yell about it. That's why I'm yelling about it. But someone has to stand up and yell and get the attention of you people before you start another 501c3 and raise a, enough money to have a really nice retirement and you can retire in a living hell where the realm's been sacked and your children have been molested and sacrificed to Molech, you bunch of self-absorbed, comfortable idiots. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go from there. Um, let's go from there to... Uh, should I do the other justice file? Should I? No, no, let's not do the justice. Let's do pastors. There's a recent survey of pastors, a new poll. We have a new poll from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, directed by George Barna, who is something of a reputable poster. They polled a bunch of Christian pastors, and here's what they found. Among senior pastors, only 41% have a biblical worldview. Yes. And that goes down to only 28% among associate pastors. And then that devolves down to 13% among teaching pastors. And then when we get to the youth pastors, only 12% of youth pastors have a biblical worldview, according to a new poll. First of all, folks, that many layers of pastors, if you have that many layers of pastors in your church, that should be a red flag right there. If you have that many layers of pastors in your church, Rest assured, 99-plus percent of them should resign or be impeached. Okay? And in fact, if they don't resign, they are being impeached. Every Sunday that they stand up in that pulpit and give you anything other than a biblical worldview, they impeach themselves. And whether or not their congregation has the wherewithal, whether or not the elders in the church have the wherewithal to suggest that these pastors just get out, the impeachment they bring upon themselves every Sunday will do that um, in the larger, broader picture of what's much more important, and that's eternity, not necessarily what just happens right here, right now, with you and your personal comfort and whether or not you get the monkeypox all of that. All right, so that's it. That's it. We'll end the show on the uh, uh, with the firm conviction that 99% plus of all pastors should simply resign and spare us and that the rest of you should tune in next week when we come back should the Lord tarry. We will. Uh, in the meantime, I want to thank my friends at Real Science Radio and of course my other brother Daryl who makes it all happen here in the Weekly Worldview Studios. As we said, if the Lord tarries, we'll return next week. And until then, may the grace of God go with you. And may the peace of Jesus Christ be upon you. <laughs>